2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program where I predict Bruce Willis will not be asked to be a spokesperson for Rite Aid anytime soon. Today on the program, my guest is Chris Fuller. He's got a brand new book out called Inspired Leadership. We'll talk about his various experiences in his life and also about what inspires him, what inspires you, and how you can leverage that in your leadership activities. And I'll be showcasing culture all this month in our leadership and business lesson, And blind spots will be the topic today about how they affect relationships and how relationships affect culture. It's all coming up today on Better Than Before, brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. The 2021 Subaru Forester, a spacious interior with everything you need for confidence on the road ahead. Standard symmetrical all wheel drive plus 33 miles per gallon. Standard eyesight driver assist technology. It's the SUV for all you love.
1: Test drive one of these today and you could drive one home tonight. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com.
2: Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm your host, Tony Richards. Today, my special guest is Chris Fuller. He's an international leadership speaker, author, and consultant with over 25 years of experience in many aspects of the business world and organizational effectiveness, including leadership development, culture, strategy, sales, emotional intelligence, and team effectiveness. He's principal and owner of Right Path Resources and Influence Leadership Incorporated. Uh, InfluenceLeadership.com is his website. He's a born adventurer. He pulls leadership insights from his own adventures. We're going to talk about a couple of those today. And he weaves them into his teaching. He's delivered keynotes and facilitated strategic sessions for an impressive list of companies, including Microsoft, Coca-Cola, Alvarez, and Marshall, um, Dell Computers, Pfizer, State Farm, Gap, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Ascend Performance Materials, Dow, AgroSciences, McDonald's, and many, many more. His experience in business and in working with such clients yields valuable best practice insights. He's written two books, his breakout book, I Did A Rod Leadership, Unleashing the Power of the Team, has been recognized by the Washington Post on leadership with impact reaching people and companies in over 75 countries. He's a highly sought after speaker, consultant, and facilitator, and he's traveled the world equipping leaders and organizations to execute with excellence and reach their summits. His latest book is called Inspired Leadership. We're going to talk about that today, too. And he received his bachelor's degree in accounting from the University of Texas at Arlington and for uh, fun and leisure. He enjoys scuba, sailing, fishing, music, motorsports, and has participated in skydiving, Alaskan dog mushing, and even made time to travel to Mount Everest Base Camp to see the top of the world. We're so glad he's joining us from just outside Atlanta, Georgia today. Chris Fuller, how are you today, man? I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. So glad that you could come today. I've, uh, Got a few questions here I want to talk to you about. But first of all, how did you get to this point where you started thinking, I could take some of these personal experiences I'm having and I could I could mold those into some leadership teaching?
0: <laughs> you know, I, as we start talking about leadership, I think naturally we all go to telling a story. I think storytelling is some of the most effective ways that we transfer information, even if it's our own story. And how many times have you taught from your own experience and so you're really essentially telling a story, you're telling your story. So when it comes into the adventure piece, I really feel like the story itself is going to be stickier than, than if we just tried to teach a lesson.
2: I, uh, I've had people tell me after a a class or a a speech or a speaking engagement or whatever, they're like, you just got so many stories. And I said, I earned every one of them too.
0: (laughs) I feel that same way.
2: You bet. You, uh, you've got a new book called Inspired Leadership. Now, who'd you write this book for?
0: You know, this is one of those books that, that until I felt like until I reached 50, I wasn't going to put a leadership book out. Um, that was, you know, sort of, sort of my life principles. And so this one really is, uh, is for leaders at every level. As I built it in, you know, it's got something for first-time leaders. Um, it's got, definitely got something for mid-level leaders and the stress that they go through. And then uh, the, one of the top chapters, the last chapters are, is around building culture. So that would be more of the senior leadership. So I really tried to, to slice it in for, you know, for at least three levels of leadership.
2: You've got something in the book called um, the Inspired Leadership Pathway. So tell me a little bit about this process.
0: Well, so I believe an acronym is, you know, just like stories, acronyms help to, um, to really um, rally the team around. And so as we're talking about whether it's a story, whether it's an illustration, whether it's an, an acronym, whatever that is, that model that we continually reinforce and talk about, that's going to help drive the, the thought leadership through the organization. So the inspired model is, uh, is all about the acronym. So the I-N of inspired is that we've got to be intentional. And how many times are we unintentional or we're reactive and not proactive? And so if we want an inspired outcome, we have to be intentional. And then the acronym just goes on to build on that. We have to be the S is being service oriented or other centric. The P is that we've gotta find a way to work with passion and purpose. And if you're here for the paycheck and you don't have that passion and purpose, then the intensity that you're gonna to bring to that, to that work is gonna be lessened. And, and then you know we've gotta integrate. How many times have we had disintegrated or disintegrating operations instead of integrated operations? The R is we've gotta be real in our relationships. We've gotta be authentic. The E is we've got to execute with excellence, and the D is it's got to be developed. In other words, it's not going to come natural, and we have to be on this Kaizenic continuous improvement mindset to develop it on a daily basis. So in the 10-second uh, speed drill, the inspired is, the proven pathway is all of these components that we need to create these seven aspects of, of uh, focal points for leaders at every level.
2: You know, um, right before Christmas, uh, probably the week before Christmas, I um, dealt with a bunch of my clients, you know, I coach uh, CEOs and the, um, the way they were in the coaching uh, call, I could only describe that as um, COVID fatigue. I mean, they were just really been worn down by the year and, um, you know, just kind of like I need a break. You know, you use a term called zombified. And so what what is a, uh, what is zombified?
0: You know, it, it really is that point where you feel like as an as a leader, you're kind of the walking dead, you're going through the motions and and that zombification can come by a death by a thousand cuts. And so we've all been there as leaders where you're in the ring, but you're sort of punch drunk. You've been taking hits for a long time you're still kinda of getting up and going at it, but you really don't necessarily have the resilience, you don't have the energy um, to focus on those things, and, uh, and truth be told, you know, you're probably at a, at a 60 to 70% effective ratio, but you're doing the best that you can, but really that the, the, the passion, the enthusiasm, all of those things have kinda of left, and you're just continuing to, to fight the good fight um, but but you're you're uh, as you said, you're very COVID weary, uh, very organizational weary. And and I think that 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 particular piece that they, there wasn't really a better imagery um, to me than than just that zombification that, yeah. that being dead where we just feel it.
2: Oh, I love the term. Um, so you you use a lot of adventures like Everest, America's Cup, sailing, skydiving and things like that. What did you learn from being dropped into the base camp at Everest?
0: One of the things I learned is um, uh, is, you know, I have this high need for adventure, um, and and I know that my wiring is I'm I'm wired to really you know uh, hit that adventure piece and and go for those things, and I don't always um, focus on the consequences of that uh, of that decision. So. You know, one of the things that uh, that we did was, um, and I found a lot of this out later, we refueled the helicopter on the way from Kathmandu to uh, Everest. We refueled the helicopter, uh, gas it back up at the deadliest airport in the world, an airport called Lukla. And so I thought, well, it's no big deal. We're we're not flying in a, on a plane. So essentially you've got mountain and then it flattens out and you've got runway and then it ends in a mountain. And so if you long it or short it, an airplane, you're in trouble. I thought, no big deal, we're coming in on a helicopter. And what I didn't know is um, that airport, the winds, the crosswinds will flip helicopters. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure if that was uh, fortuitous that I didn't know that or uh, that was kind of a nice little afterthought. But we refuel and we drop into base camp. And one of the things that I learned um, specifically about business there, um, you know, is is number one, if you don't Naturally, progress. So, if you're scaling a business, and you're scaling at at the hockey stick sort of a of of a growth pattern, if you're hyperscaling your business, this is what I found uh, for me being at Base Camp at Everest. I scaled myself to a place where I could not stay, Mm -hmm. and so in the middle of that, I scaled myself. I got myself to a place of 17,500 feet. Well, without acclimating, the acclimating process allows us as leaders to be able to have repeatable, sustainable, scalable um, results. And for me, you know, everything starts expanding. You get a pretty brutal headache after, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. And so um, how many times in business and in leadership do we get to a place where we're almost a victim of our success? And, and I don't mean that, you know, literally, but I mean, we're, the growth p- pains that we have are because the business has outscaled either our leadership mechanisms or our processes to be able to have that in a sustainable format.
2: Oh yeah. I see that every day. Um, and I, I don't, I don't really know a lot about the process of climbing a mountain like Mount Everest, but I know in business, a lot of times you actually take a couple of steps backward before you can actually ascend some more. Right. So you, you go up some, you come back a little bit. It's almost like a stock market chart, you know.
0: I think you, you do. You pull back to a sustainable level and then you you can plateau that. And so really, you know, I encourage that particular piece. Let's get to a plateau. Let's hold it. Let's build the systems and processes to be able to hold that. And then we can go to the next. So when you're trying to climb Mount Everest, you'll go from base camp, you'll cross the Khumbu Falls, and then you'll go to, K one, and you kind of rubber band back and forth until you hit those that acclimation, and then you can you can essentially continue to go higher. But without those scale points, without those plateau points, um, there's just no way to make it to make it um, sustainable, or you're just not going to be able to keep it.
2: I think this occurs a lot. I'm, I want to hear your take on it, though. I think it occurs a lot in young leaders, especially, but even in some veterans, you know, I've seen in my career, anyway, the false assumptions. So what what are some of the false assumptions uh, people have about leadership in the workplace?
0: Well, there's a, there's a, a lot, like number one, um, just because I'm the leader, people will follow me. <laughs> um, you know, that's a, that's, probably one of the biggest uh, mistakes that young leaders make. I made um, it for sure. <laughs> you know, the other piece is that the leader has to have all the answers and the, the team is there just for the, you know, the tactical deployment and the leader supposed to have the strategic and all of those particular components. And I think that there's, there's much more of a, you know, of, of a synergy that happens, you know, they're, they're, when you get to, and you start growing, if you're not out of your comfort zone, um, you know, there's a lot of times as a leader, I don't have all the answers either, but I know the process we're gonna work to get the answers. So um, counting on over counting on yourself, um, expecting people to follow just because you have the title. And then, you know, uh, really that isolationism and, and and thinking that you've got to know it all, do it all, be it all, and not allowing the team to win. I think that those are some hard lessons that we, we learned going from the young leader to a little bit more of a little bit more maturation process.
2: You know, we talked about how your personal experiences are really good for teaching tools and integrating them with principles, but how, how have some of your personal experiences shaped you as a leader?
0: Oh, you know, goodness, there's, there's a number of uh, stripes that I bear on my body for those, (laughs) uh, those lessons. Um, you know, I can tell you the the, the most shaping lesson that uh, that I probably had was the retraction of uh, 2008, nine and 10 and that pullback in the marketplace. Um, and I, I at that point, you know, I just had this belief that we were going to be able to turn it around at any minute. And we we're going to be able to do these things. And really, I mean, I was within a couple of weeks of almost bankrupting everything before it turned around. And I, and I held on to people longer than I should. And I tell you, those lessons have really helped me. It was painful to, to make some adjustments um, as COVID began and as things started shutting down. But I can tell you, I made those painful cuts earlier than I would have ever made them had I not gone through the painful lessons of 2008, 9, and
2: 10. Well... No one, well, I shouldn't say no one. I know I'm this way. It sounds like you're this way. We don't like to go backward. You know, we don't like to repeat things. We don't like to, we want We want to go forward and we want to keep accumulating. We want to keep momentum going. But there is, a, there is such a thing as, you know, living to fight another day and doing whatever you have to do in order to make sure that you can live to fight another day. So your book is called Inspired Leadership. Why did you decide to write this book?
0: Um, this was really an, an outflow of um, of the consulting. I wanted to write a leadership book that was as much of a of an exercise of an illustration of you know here's what I do with my consulting clients and and to give people you know success. People have this mythical understanding that success somehow comes around, and I I think that you know, the the voice that I want to to be in the marketplace around this is when we look at building a business, it's not just one thing. You know, it's like you, you go into a leadership conference or you hear people and they're like, yeah, I, you know, what's the one thing I really need to understand? And it's like, well, the one thing you really need to understand is it's not one thing that you really need to understand. And so, you know, this to me was my, Um, my contribution into the marketplace to give the teams and to give the leaders seven focal points that if you can focus on being intentional, if you can serve others, serve your customers, if you can be other centric and work from a place of passion and on purpose, integrate your teams and your systems and get out of those silos. and, And if you could focus on the relationships, because every critical component of business operation there is a relationship and if we don't get good at relationships we're really going to hamper our integration we're not going to be able to execute with excellence and then you know we've got to be able to to continuous improve this so so my modality my, the reason behind that was almost as a boot camp for leaders to say hey guys i wish somebody would have given me this book as a young leader to be almost a field manual to say, I don't have time to train you. And, and how many times, um, you know, have you run into this with your clients, they promote prior to preparation and then they sort of set people up for struggle and don't set them up for success. And so if you had to hand somebody one book and say, you know, th- this is my philosophy, this is my operational uh, modality. I, I, I feel like this, this book could be handed to somebody and, and they would be, um, uh, they, w- they would be at, at least, you know, 60% there to, to start running their operations.
2: Our uh, special guest today is Chris Fuller. He's written this book called Inspired Leadership. He's a business leadership and management coaching consultant uh, near Atlanta, Georgia. And so I think I might know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway, throughout your life and career, Chris, what, you know, your book's called Inspired Leadership. What inspires you?
0: I I'm inspired to uh, I'm inspired to help leaders in a way that I didn't necessarily have. So you know, um, making sure that that at the end of of this of this life, I'm not into necessarily the legend of Chris Fuller, but I am into pre-writing my legacy, and that legacy is, you know, how do we make an impact um, to where the leadership and business is done in a way that doesn't negatively impact the leaders themselves, the employees and the families that they touch. And so I always say, you know, how many of us have, have gone home at night and, you know, during the day we, we set up our best life and we're going to eat salad and drink water. And we're like, by the end of a stressful day, we're like, you know, you know, it's heck with it. and And you just, you know, you pop the top and then it's into comfort food and, you know, and the, and the, the, the conversations with the spouse become something like, look, I've been taking it all day at work. I don't need it from you. How do we do conscious capitalism in a way that contributes to the family fabric, doesn't tear it apart? That that, that as we have as much mental emotional energy leaving work as we did coming to work. And really leadership that makes a true difference is, is something that I want to leave my mark on this marble with. And, and, uh, as long as I have breath, that's, that's what I'm going to be about.
2: I love that idea, man. Um, one more question here, but let, let me ask this in two different ways. How can a leader connect with what inspires them? And let's say maybe they've gotten away from it. How can they reconnect with what maybe inspired them at one time?
0: You know, so that those, it's kind of comes into, um, you know, probably three different parts of the inspired model. Number one, you've got to be intentional. So you've got to set that time aside. And and if you're not setting that time aside and really getting introspective, so this time of year, this week is a great week to kind of pull back and sort of get your thoughts and to get alone, get into your own mind, get into your own, you know, um, into your own space. And just think about what has impacted you and the impact that you want to make you know i've got a friend of mine that he he has an exercise that he does in his consulting business called ahead to 80 and essentially you are at your 80th birthday party and you write what you want to be said who you want in the room and the feelings and the sentiments that are going to go on around that what have you accomplished what how do you want people to to talk about you during those things in that intentionality, then you back up and say, in the time I have between now and the time I get to eighty, what am I going to do to make sure that that becomes a reality? So really, you know, that that ahead to eighty exercise is pretty is pretty impactful. Um, I, I would say the other piece is of a piece on passion. What lights you up? What gives you energy? And so if you're not focused on the things that give you energy and really build that inspirational enthusiasm back into your own soul. Then I think that that was a place of self-discovery. So the self-discovery component, the self-awareness piece, are our keys to be able to drive this uh, and and uh, you know really even to we, there's an exercise that we have that's that goes into defining your value system. And so there's a, a number of different of those components to again you know getting into self and getting aware of those uh, and then really um, you know just. Thinking about those times and pulling away, I think, is is such a key piece. Wonderful. We've been visiting with uh, Chris Fuller. Chris,
2: I've got a standard list of closing questions I ask every guest that comes on the program. And I'll shoot these to you in rapid-fire succession if you're ready. Uh, Let's go. Number one, what is the best memory that comes to mind for you?
0: Uh, The best memory that comes to mind for for me is going to be probably my wedding day
2: that's awesome where'd you get married
0: i got married on the lake at uh, my wife's grandfather's house um she's from south jersey so it was on a on a lake beautiful lake looking over the looking over the water
2: who's the number one hero in your life
0: number one hero in my life is uh it, it's probably going to be based on my faith and so you know i think that uh uh the, the hero in my life that that kind of gets everything right side up is, is, uh, is based on my faith.
2: What's the top value you subscribe to?
0: Um, I, you know, I, so my, my, let me, let me, how, let me see how I go to this. It's going to be legacy, but, but, um, the subcomponents of legacy are the ability to achieve and to really make a difference in something that is uh, a passion of mine and to create that, that lasting impact. Who's the most important person in your life? you know um it's it's gonna go back to gonna go back to the wife and her name robin what's your favorite thing um man you're asking some hard questions because i'm well is it the need for speed and adrenaline i think adrenaline's my favorite
2: thing (laughs) music would
0: be right there behind it so yeah i'm with you what's your favorite food
2: uh mexican food tex-mex most beautiful place you've ever been to
0: so, um, Everest was really cool, but the most beautiful place I've probably been to, um, you know, I'm going to go La Jolla, California, La Jolla, California. Yeah. Yep.
2: If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be?
0: Uh, impact. How do you want to be remembered? Um, somebody that added value to
2: others. If you could go back and give a young Chris Fuller some advice, what would the advice
0: be? The advice would be that that uh, um, you are better than your mind is going to tell you you are. And so um, just em- embrace it. And uh, again, you know, uh, don't be so cautious about the impact that you can make. What's your
2: favorite sound?
0: It's the, (laughs) my favorite sound is the sound of a, uh, of an R1, uh, super sport bike as the throttle rolls out.
2: Out of all the lessons that you've got now, what is the best lesson you've learned?
0: Probably as much as I can, I'm still learning this one, but, um, but to relax, to take that time to, to, uh, give yourself the time to rejuvenate.
2: Chris Fuller and the book is, uh, inspired leadership. Congrats on the book, Chris, and tell everybody if they want to find out more about you and the book and all the things you have, where would they go?
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Um, so the, the book website is inspiredleadership.com. um, inspired leadership.com, you know, for the speaking consulting business, it's influenceleadership.com. And if they get uh, in touch with either of those there, um, you know, certainly can send in, an email to me at chrisatinfluenceleadership.com. Or if you type in Chris Fuller Leadership into any search engine, you'll get me.
2: Chris, I, I love your ideas. Keep doing what you're doing. You're making a difference, man.
0: Oh, man. Thank you so much.
2: You bet. Come on back sometime, okay? That sounds good. Chris Fuller, Inspired Leadership. I'll have a business and leadership lesson of my own to share with you right after this on Better Than Before. The 2021 Subaru Forester, a spacious interior with everything you need for confidence on the road ahead. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus 33 miles per gallon. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology.
1: It's the SUV for all you love. Test drive one of these today and you could drive one home tonight. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry tony's monday morning coaching memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for tony's monday morning coaching memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com
2: Welcome back, everyone, to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and leadership is one of the prime drivers in building an organizational culture. Leaders come in various degrees across a wide spectrum, especially in the ego department. It's a tall order to create any kind of viable leadership-driven culture where egos are allowed to run wild and unchecked. All leaders have blind spots. Some are huge, and others have been reduced due to increased self-awareness and self-regulation skill development And at any rate, blind spots pose high potential areas of vulnerability and make no mistake, every human being in any kind of leadership position, well, any human being actually, whether you're in leadership or not, has blind spots to some degree. All leaders are vulnerable to risk Due to their own sense of pride and ego, being human beings means that we all desire and like affirmation from others. That ranges from a pat on the back to having your ego stroked heavily. That vulnerability can open you up to a very power-packed form of manipulation, the most common form being packaged in flattery. The danger zone of flattery is it becomes more powerful when it is presented to those who hunger for it. Leaders who place their need for adoration above the needs of their people are tempting targets for those who would abuse an invested trust. The power that comes with a leader's ability to positively influence others is sometimes trumped by the power given away. There's an old saying, flattery will get you everywhere, and it's true, proven by those who not only believe it, but also constantly act on it and use it. Flattery has the power to influence, corrupt, deceive, and undermine. We would also submit that flattery is little more than a covert form of aggression. There is a difference between flattery and praise. Praise is an expression of sincere appreciation, while flattery is more along the lines of excessive and insincere. The naive, the needful, and the egocentric leader views flattery through their lenses as sincere praise. Experienced leaders with healthy self-esteem process flattery as disingenuous and agenda-driven. What can you do? Here's a couple of things. Number one, feedback, feedback, feedback. Good feedback helps cut down blind spots and helps convert potential into results. So the more leaders can engage in honest, improvement-oriented feedback, the more the leader and therefore the organization can improve. This can be done through simple, easy sit-down meetings with your staff, your coach, or any other trusted, truthful person you have in your inner circle. Number two, 360 leadership surveys. Having the courage and the desire to get better drives you to do 360s. This survey is completed by your superiors, direct manager, board, whatever, your direct reports who report to you, and by your peers with whom you work. This type of feedback instrument gives you more of a variety of both qualitative and quantitative data that you can use to cut down your blind spots and see around your environment with more clarity. Number three, organizational climate surveys. While less direct focus on you than a 360, the climate survey can provide you with both quantitative and qualitative feedback data on the kind of work environment you are creating as a leader. If you have culture benchmarks in place on the kind of culture you're trying to create, you can have a gap analysis on the current state of the climate, then do work and set goals to narrow the gaps to help facilitate the more desired cultural environment. Number four, practice self-awareness and self-regulation. These are emotional quotient skills, (EQ). Self-awareness is the ability to recognize and understand your moods, emotions, and drives, as well as their effect on other people. In practice, it is your ability to recognize when you are red, clear, or somewhere in between. And if you've followed me for very long, you know that when you get real emotional, we say you go red. When you are in a good emotional state, you go green. When you're somewhere between those two states, you are clear improving self-awareness can be accomplished through journaling identifying areas in which are brought to your attention that may surprise you paying attention to your behaviors and logging them to try to identify patterns and then document the thoughts and feelings that accompany those behaviors is a great improvement step self-regulation is the ability to control or redirect disruptive impulses moods and the propensity to suspend judgment and think before acting In practice, it's simply your ability to influence your emotional clarity from red to green to clear when the situation requires it. Improving your self regulation can be improved by catching the behaviors early on with signals and then doing the right thing to minimize or avert those behaviors. Find ways and techniques that bring calm and easy thoughts and feelings. This may be accomplished through external stimulus. Maybe you use music or scenes you enjoy or friends that you can call that always seem to cheer you up or move your emotions to a more positive state. These are just a few suggestions on how to identify and cut down on your blind spots and improve your contribution to your organizational climate. We do all of these tools for our clients And if you're interested in a 360 or you're interested in uh, uncovering your EQ skills or maybe you want to do an organizational climate survey, I'd be happy with all of that. Just uh, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com and contact me. That's our program today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. You can follow me on Twitter, at Tony Richards 4 And also at ClearVisionDEV, come on over and join our free Facebook group. It's Tony Richards, Speaker, Author, Coach. No fee involved. All you have to do is like the page and you're in our free Facebook community. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and chief producer, William Foster, I'm Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better.
1: Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards